Get ready for truth bombs and guidance from conservative leaders and entrepreneurs from God-fearing, freedom-loving, truth-telling, patriotic Americans. Welcome to Patriots of Grit. Now let's jump into today's episode with your host, Darren Ross. We're back today with uh, another episode of Patriots with Grip. I'm Darren. This is my co-host, Randy. And uh, this is day 841 of 14 Days to Slow the Spread. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought after 14, maybe day 15 it would go away. But yeah. today is day 841. Yep. So, I mean, it just seems like it's never going. And now it's coming back. You know, the, the I heard today the new Ninja variant is out. Really? The Ninja variant, yeah. Well. Uh, I, I'm waiting to see memes and logos for the Ninja variant. <laughs> but... Uh, I'm I'm not a black belt in anything, so I can't get rid of it. So we've all heard and seen all these, you know, videos and social media posts and everything in the last 28 months, and you know, doctors are on this side of the fence, and we have doctors on this side of the fence, and you know, we've chosen to follow doctors on this side of the fence, yep. and we know that you know what our doctors and the people that we're following have found have been unprecedented and uh, not normal. Exactly. You know, we've talked freakish lot, in nature. We've <laughs> talked to a lot of doctors, a lot of medical professionals. Um, getting ready to have a, an embalmer and a funeral director on here, real quick, to see what she's seeing and experiencing in the last uh, six to eight months. But anyway, today we're going to bring on a hematologist and an oncologist from Southern Missouri, Dr. Penelope Harris, MD. So, Penelope, welcome to our show today with Patriots with Grit. Thank you for joining us. Of course. It looks like you have the the anointing of the Lord coming through that window right there because it's just like calling you right there. I'll take it. <laughs> That's so. So one of our doctor friends and, and colleagues kind of they were touting you and talking to you, talking to us about you about what uh, you know what you've seen in your profession. I know you've been uh, a doctor for MD for twenty years, right? Correct. So you were at a big. Uh, hospital and university in the Kansas City area and recently you decided to uh, to move to a different location in the Midwest and uh, yes. you're a hematologist and oncologist but you yourself have started seeing a lot of things that you haven't seen that have been normal over the last few years am I correct sure so talk to us a little bit about that let's rewind maybe back to say March 2020 and uh, what you were doing where you were and then kind of fast forward and show us uh, some of the things that you're doing now and and what you're seeing today that you've never seen before Sure. So it's it's better to rewind to, you know, January 2020, February, when we first start hearing about this, because everyone was united and something's going on. We're not sure about this. Let's figure it out. And science was still kind of science. We were able to question things and look for things and kind of really work together like, oh, we're seeing more blood clots, which is kind of one of the things we're talking about today. And we do know that COVID-19 infections are certainly associated with blood clots. But then uh, as we get to like March 2020, and as, as time goes on, um, and it wasn't until 2021 that our vaccines were there, but certainly as the infections came, it seemed like, you know, like our numbers would peak here in March, and then they'd kind of peak here in the summer, and then they kind of peak here in the fall. And so you would see that, and virologists would tell you that, you know, typically before there was modern medicine with pandemics or so, a virus often will mutate over time, especially something like a coronavirus that can mutate so quickly, and they'll often get more infectious and less virulent. And it was kind of seeming like we were seeing that definitely the Delta was a bad one that kind of peaked in there, but we were certainly seeing it get more infectious over time. But um, when in the beginning, we all were kind of working together like, hey, let's all figure this out. And it was, and it was something that it was kind of an exciting time to be in. But then as time went on, 
uh, things kind of got more polarized and I began to see a lot more of the blood clots, which I kind of did a lot of the blood clot stuff where I was at in academic medicine. So I was seeing quite a bit and we definitely see blood clots all the time, but certainly ones that are like in the stomach area, splanchnic ones in the cerebral veins, uh, arterioles, ones in grafts, those are not so normal. And I was seeing those much more than used, used, I was used to once the vaccine started coming out. And so uh, when they first came out, I had a, a moral uh, um, hesitancy just because we're very pro-life and I don't want to do anything that has to do with aborted babies. And so it didn't seem right when they came out and the more I was learning, the more I was seeing in my patients, the more I've just kind of come to understand where we're at today. So when you say aborted babies, talk about that a little bit. So like uh, the uh, anything that takes uh, babies from their mama's womb and uses them for research has not consented the baby. And you can say it's not a baby, but I believe it's a baby. Um, God made us in our mother's womb and uh, life begins at conception. And you ask any mother who wants her baby, if it's a baby, it's a baby. And you ask someone who's pregnant, if they don't want their baby, then maybe it's a fetus or something else. But for the mother who wants her baby, she knows it's a baby at the beginning. And I have five beautiful babies that have come from my womb that I love. And I know when they began. And I know when I began in my mother's womb, and I thank God for that. But anything when we take uh, any, whether it's a, a baby that's in its mama's womb or anyone, and we use research on them, whether it was, you know, Nazi Germany and you were taking, you know, young men and freezing them in baths to test, you know, how good is this cold weather gear? You know, whenever we're taking an innocent human being and using them for the purpose of research, especially without their consent, you know, not like someone who died and donated their organs, mm-hmm. that's wrong. It's, it's absolutely wrong. And there's you can't justify an evil because of the end. Uh, the end doesn't justify the means. E- evil is evil. And we cannot ever uh, approve of it or endorse it, if, even if the end may seem good, scientific, you know, pursuit of scientific research. So I've never liked using, you know, anything that has to do with aborted babies. Granted, there are so many things in science and in medicine these days, so many things, stem cells that they're doing research on. Uh, there are so many things that have used aborted babies, but um, we can do our best to try to fight that in, in however we can. Granted, a lot of it is um, they don't put that in the details and it's very hard to find whenever any scientific studies have used babies that have, uh, you know, research that's come from fetal babies. But there was one baby that had uh, been, you know, about 50 years old, where kind of a lot of this stuff came from for a lot of the scientific background for these COVID vaccines. And so some of the the um, manufacturers said, well, you know, we might have used it in our background studies, but we're not using it to produce now the vaccines. However, Pfizer, uh, you know, they were kind of one of the ones that said, we used it in the background, but we don't use it to produce them, you know, ongoing now. However, there was actually some data that it came out where they said, well, Actually, we do. So, um, you know, and I've and I've seen this come to me in our in our um, we have a uh, an, an email where kind of a lot of like minded doctors are where we get a lot of information that we're sharing. So there are so many headlines that I'm seeing of just so many ways that there has been corruption. And what I would like to do is apologize to the world that medicine is the way it is today because most of us went into medicine for altruism most of us knew that you could make a lot more money working a lot less hours doing a lot more things um so really most people did go into medicine with altruism there were very few people that i could say in my class that are here because their daddy made them and they wanted money you know like less than a handful most people really were altruistic and i believe you know that's you know at least of my generation so you know we're in medical school i graduated 20 years ago most people my age and and older for sure you know the old guys they would be on call every other night and they were really altruistic 
Um, but what has happened in medicine? So Einstein said something like, science can only flourish in an atmosphere of free speech. And free speech, when it is restricted, it is a further restriction of religious persecution. Um, you know, call it what you want, but God gave us free will. And I have come to appreciate freedom more in these last two years than I ever have. And I am, God willing, if they don't take it from me, going to retire from the Army uh, after 20 years. I had 14 years active duty and six years in the reserve, which I have just uh, finished up this year. But I have come to appreciate freedom more than I ever have. And uh, we were driving home from church just on Sunday over the 4th of July weekend, and my son, who's 16, this wonderful young man, was playing all these great uh, military songs. And freedom weighed heavier more than it ever has any year this last 4th of July. And evil has been weighing very heavy because I have someone in uh, my family who I love very dearly who uh, is suffering from um, a very bad clot-related thing in a young, healthy man and so uh, who had uh, gotten the vaccine. And the, like evil has just been so heavy on me lately. But then this 4th of July, I'm like, freedom has weighed heavier, which kind of gives us an idea that the weight of glory is greater than the weight of evil. That's yep. amen. Yep. I, I, I believe that. You know, I was listening to a doctor friend of mine this morning on the radio. He has a radio show on five days a week out of St. Louis. And he was talking today about how one of his daughter's friends, who's 14 years old, you know, got the vaccine, just having all kinds of problems, vision problems, you know, dizziness, you know, uh, you know, lack of energy. And, you know, she went to her pediatrician and, and you know, they're like, oh, it's just in your head. And you know, then they'd say, oh, let me look up your nose. Let me look in your mouth. Let me look in your ears. They're like, oh, you're just imagining things, you know, just just go home and just take your mind off of this and everything's going to be fine. And my question to you, Dr. Harris, is how is it that so many doctors have been swayed or persuaded to, to buy into this narrative when many have not? I mean, is it being pushed at the pharmaceutical level? Is it being pushed from the hospital administrators? Where are they? Because, you know, we align ourselves with those that haven't been bought in, you know, and some of them are just all over it. I mean, if you look at them without a mask, you're going to you're gonna kill the world. <laughs> so where are they getting their, their information, their knowledge, their training to push all this narrative on, on the public and on their patients? Uh, there was a good quote that I had read the other day that when you uh, have the potential to affect a man's salary, he'll do things that he wouldn't is. have done otherwise. <laughs> there it is. So it's money. Yeah. Well, okay. So Big Pharma has uh, bought out the FDA. They have um, evidence-based medicine. One of these great docs and fathers of evidence-based medicine, which is basically kind of like when I was uh, in training, you know, it was a big thing. We use the evidence and, you know, randomized controlled trials, double-blind, placebo-controlled, this is the gold standard. And these trials are gonna tell us what the best thing is for the new standard of care, if it's better than what we had in the past. Um, and those are great trials, but a lot of them are only funded by big pharma because they want their drug to win. And you can take two drugs that are out, but they're not gonna be studied head to head because neither one of them wants to lose. And so first of all, you have big pharma who's controlling a lot of the scientific studies that are out there. They're controlling a lot of the journals that produce these articles, and they're controlling a lot of the people that are, they're not controlling. They are giving heavy benefits. You know, people get, they get either, whether it's financial or professional, um, you know, props for being, a, being these studies 
ways, there's so many ways that people can fall easily into that financial corruption, even without trying to get there. Um, because just because pharma controls so much of the FDA um, and of what drugs get approved, uh, they have their influences. Like with these recently with the COVID vaccines and the kiddos, you know, there are so many on those uh, voting committee that if you are daring to speak against or say, hey guys, this is not great data and there's a lot of flaws and I'm seeing fraud here and you just gave me a hundred pages to look through, you know, 10 minutes before we vote, this wasn't enough time. But if anyone speaks out against that, they're taken off the committee and someone who's going to be able to tell them what they want to hear is put on the committee. So uh, because we have people who have come out of the CDC or the NIH or the FDA and they're like, this is wrong. And if I say anything against this, then, you know, you're going to affect my salary. I'm just going to stay in until I retire. And there are many people who will think that it's not worth it to fight. And so they get sucked into it. And then you have the people who have already bought into it. In the beginning, they thought they were doing the right thing. And now they just have to defend themselves because they don't want to say they did the right, you know, the wrong thing, whether it was pride. There are so many reasons how people have got here. And there are so many reasons how people are staying here. But the good news is a lot of the common folk, I think, are seeing something doesn't seem right here. But so many doctors, I think, have done it at the expense of humanity and their patients. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with Clay Clark, who puts on the Reawaken America tours. He puts on these yeah. massive tours all over America and has all these speakers come in, a lot of them in the medical world, you know, Malone and I think McCullough and just a lot of the doctors that we hear about on an ongoing basis. And I know he was referring to a doctor friend of his that this was back early on in 2021. And he asked his doctor friend, he's like, man, what, what are you doing? Why are you not prescribing these medicines to get people over COVID, to get them back on the right track? He's like, because I'll lose my license and, and, and it'll hurt me financially. And, and, and Clay's like, well, you know, what do you, you know, what do you, what do you stand to lose? He's like, I, I could lose. He's got, I've got all these kids and a house payment, and a car payment, and you know, a $400,000 a year salary. He's like, I could lose all that. But yet he has patients that he knows that are dying because he's not giving them approved drugs. And I think they're fine with it. So do you think a lot of doctors are just so bought into the to this whole narrative that if I say anything or speak out, it's going to be the end of my my career and my salary. So I'm just going to let people die. Yep. Wow. Well, it, Penelope, I I've went heard to, it. You've heard it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, and I've seen it. So um, before I left academic medicine, I had resigned after the vaccine. Um, I had gotten my religious exemption for the vaccine approved, uh, vaccine uh, gene therapy product given without informed consent. I, I don't believe it is a vaccine. They changed the definition of vaccine. But what, what is what's it called again? Say it real slow for our viewers. Gene therapy product given without informed consent. Let me just give, give you a brief, um, what is informed consent? Disclosure. I have disclosed to you what this product is, what's in it, and I have disclosed to you the risks and the benefits uh, of getting this product uh, or the risk and the benefits of not getting this product. Understanding, you have to understand it. If it's in Spanish, if you're three, I have to speak to you in Spanish or as you're three. Con uh, voluntariness, voluntary. You have to say that I volunteered to do this. Uh, and there's there's neither one of those. We don't have disclosure of the risk and the benefits. Many people don't understand the risk and the benefits and you know how it has not been effective and how it has been associated with so many side effects. And so many people did not do it voluntarily. Look at all our guys, you know, when I was still active duty, seeing some of my young guys for, you know, sick call and they were so mad. And he's like, yes, everyone is so mad. This has got us so mad. 
you know, and they they stand to lose, you know, a young private, you know, or or someone who's got 19 years in, they they lose their whole uh, retirement benefits, their whole careers, their whole everything that they've got for their family. So I went to my doctor here, been about a month or a month and a half ago, and he wasn't in, so I got with the nurse practitioner and. I just kind of cornered her and I asked her, I said, I see up there on the bulletin board is all these myths about this COVID vaccine. And I said, have you heard about this and about the blood clots and about this? And I listed all this stuff. And she's like, no, I haven't. And I said, so where do you get your information to practice? And it's just like everybody else says, well, I read the journals and I I keep up to date on, well, the journals are even lying to you. Yeah, well, they've been bought out by Big Pharma. Pharma. Yeah, there you go. She just she and I said it at the same time. Yeah. So but. so Big Pharma has bought out the journals. They mm-hmm. bought out the medical schools. <laughs> what else have they bought out? Well, and you don't have doctors in charge of Mm-mm. hospitals. You have administrators. And, and I said that several years ago, Penelope. Yeah. I said, you know, my mm-hmm. wife works at North Kansas City Hospital. And mm-hmm. several years ago, when all these doctors started getting bought out by the hospitals, and you know, it used to be Doctor Smith, MD, or Doctor Harris, MD, and all of a sudden you go there now and it's Meritas Cardiology and here's a list of 12 doctors. I'm like, something doesn't smell right. All mm-hmm. these hospitals buying these doctors out. And that was way before all this COVID stuff started. And then after this all started and we started putting the things together and putting the you know pieces together one by one, I'm like, something doesn't smell right. Yeah, and we're, we're seeing, I mean, you're seeing it too. A lot of doctors are just leaving and going to private practice. So many have left during yep. this pandemic. Well, it's funny you mentioned a while ago, you in the military and some of the privates and stuff. We're getting ready to have a a key fighter pilot on, an F-35 fighter pilot. And actually, he's a Top Gun instructor. And uh, he has sent us documentation that will just knock you over. And uh, he has a whole series of pilots that he wants to come on our show. But it's just amazing to me what these guys are standing to lose. You know, their retirements. And we had a guy on a week and a half ago talking about some other stuff. And his son is 20. He refused to take it, and uh, he's already he, been kicked out. Yeah, he kicked out already. He had to stand in front of his platoon, take his pants up and down, up and down, showing himself. And another kid in the same platoon got beat into a coma. And it's just like, you know, where where is our military? And are they are they bought in by big pharma too? I mean, does big pharma control <laughs> all this and military or what? Uh, there is a lack of moral courage at the top. Wow, that's a great phrase and a that's great it. saying right there. There's a lack of moral courage at the top. And where's that Where's that coming from? At the top. But why? What, what's driving that lack of moral courage today over 10, 12, 15 years ago? Uh, so this, you know, kind of like this, they talk about this uh, Christian era and then like the enlightened era and then like this, you know, time now we're moving towards like um, AI, artificial intelligence, yeah. you know, like it, and uh, when when you don't have uh, it's this didn't happen overnight, but I think it's uh, so. Where do you get the lack? Of, where do you get your moral courage? You get it from God, right? And so, why is there 100%. a lack of moral courage? Because there is a lack of uh, trusting in God and believing in God as our Savior and, and the the one in charge, you know. And you have, you know, well, how did Judas, you know, how did he, he was doing miracles and stuff like that. It's not that he didn't love Jesus. He didn't, he just loved himself more. And Lucifer, he didn't have anyone to tempt him. It's not that he didn't love God. He loved himself more. So people get to the point where they love themselves more than God, or they love their work more than God, or they love their reputation a little bit more than God, that it's not enough to like, be like, "Uh, no, this is wrong. I'm going to fight. 
it's not enough because I might lose all that. So when you know that God is your backup and if you lose everything, it's all right, God's got this. Right. You got the moral courage. But if you don't have God as higher than your work and your car and your insurance and your kids and your reputation, then you don't have anyone to back you up. Yep, that's unbelievable. I'll tell you what, real quick, we're going to take a break here from one of our sponsors, then we're going to be back to finish this conversation with Dr. Harris. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. They're not out to tell you the truth of what's happening. They're out to tell you the picture of the world that they represent. The mission of the Epoch Times is to chase the truth to ground all statements and facts and prevent people from being misled. The Epoch Times is independent. We're not controlled by any special interest and we never will be. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would ensnare this country in ignorance and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. Subscribe today to our digital edition at theepochtimes.com and join the Americans who are seeking truth and tradition. Read the difference in all your devices. We'd love to have you on board. America, it is time to wake up. This mainstream media has lied to us for decades. Stop being hypnotized by this globalist-controlled mainstream propaganda news and get true, unbiased journalism delivered right to your inbox at the Epic Times. You know, the other day I had the opportunity to meet with three of the executives from the Epic Times, and I asked them, I said, hey, how can our viewers and our audience get a special offer just for them? And they told me that what you can do is go to iReadEpic.com iReadEPOCH.com and in the promo code put GRIT and you're going to get your first month's digital delivered copies to your inbox on a daily basis for only one measly dollar. One dollar. One dollar, a hundred pennies is all it takes. Go to iReadEpic.com and in the promo code put GRIT and you can get started with your subscription and your publication today. Okay, we're back with Dr. Penelope Harris, MD, who's a hematologist, oncologist. And today we're talking about, you know, why blood clots are on the rise. And you've given us, Penelope, a little bit of background about you and what you've started to see. But talk to us, let's get a little bit deeper into the weeds on the whole blood clot issue. I mean, we've heard a lot about it. You know, we heard that, you know, originally COVID caused blood clots. And then now we're seeing that all these people in the last year, year and a half since they started taking the vaccines, what we're hearing and what we're seeing. Let's talk a little bit about that, what you're seeing. Uh, the ages of the people that are being affected and you know if this has happened to you to, to people that you know or family friends are there any you know natural remedies or are there any you know solutions that people can do to prevent this from happening sure so definitely in the beginning we saw that covid was causing clots the infection did uh but then when the vaccines came out we saw that there's it seemed that you know they were still going on the clots but the clots were getting a little bit worse and they were getting kind of funky clots like in places that you don't expect them the 19 year old that comes in uh you know found down can't speak because of a bilateral stroke and has weakness that's in rehab for months, or the 21-year-old healthy nursing student that now um, has a cerebral vein thrombosis and couldn't speak when she came in. Uh, there's, you know, guys who say, but I've smoked for seven years. Why did I just finally clot off my stent now? And the so many things where they're like, why did this happen now? And why did this happen so bad? And you could always pinpoint, well, when did you get your vaccine? It was usually within three months vaccine. Uh, 
Um, so definitely COVID causes clots, but then COVID is seeming to get like less bad over time and not seeming to cause clots so much. It still does. I still see them. I have seen way more uh, vaccine related clots though, where they've had a vaccine within three months and then they all of a sudden. So the thing with clots is you've got like this, you know, risk that goes up over time. The older you get, you know, you throw obesity and mobility. You had a recent surgery. If it's a gal, she's on hormones, whether it's premenopausal or menopausal hormones, you throw the more risk factors in and you finally go, you know, it's the straw that broke the camel's back. You go over that threshold. And these vaccines are a, a pretty big payload for clot risk that you're seeing them in a lot of people that you wouldn't normally have seen them if they didn't have that one risk factor. So usually it's not that there's no risk factor, just the vaccine. I think I only had like one young, healthy guy where I saw that, but there's usually always some other risk factor and it was just enough to tip them over. So, and we've seen in other podcasts, they're starting to, people are starting to come out. Some of these embalmers are starting to come out. We're seeing actual video footage of them pulling this stuff out. Uh. And, you know, number one, they're pulling out clots that are but they're gel- different. These ones are different. They're fibrotic. They're thick. They're like, not like you can just, you know, smash them apart like coagulated blood like you would in your fingers. They're different. So you're and saying, you're saying post, post-vaccine, they're different. Uh, so says the embalmers. I'm hearing the embalmers okay. say that when they pull them out, what they see with their eyes, the gross clot. So I haven't had the pleasure of playing with one, but uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, somebody, uh, is it the gal that we're going to interview, yeah. said she pulled out one that was almost two feet long. Yeah. And yeah. then you've got the, and you told me the name for it, the white material that keeps, it like, comes Like up. fibrotic stuff. Yeah. Like, like when your body is uh, walling off something or fighting something. Normally, if it's a blood clot, it's just like the platelets in the blood, you know, and some fibrin. But these ones seem like they're thicker from what I've seen of the embalmer say. And, you know, like the, the guys in the funeral home say, oh, we heard this pandemic. We heard the deaths were going to go up and COVID came out. And we we're like, where's all the deaths? And then the vaccine came out and they're like, ah, here's all the deaths. So that's interesting. So when COVID came out and they were predicting all these deaths, deaths you didn't see them. Uh, so this is what I'm hearing from funeral directors say oh, this. Okay. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, not, and I'll tell you what, boy, <laughs> if we would have treated those patients with like, you take Tyson and Freed over in California, I think, who, you know, had like 8,000 patients and, you know, hardly anyone dies, like maybe three or something. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I don't have the numbers right, but I'm sure they're pretty darn realistically close. Um, and, you know, one of them wasn't even taking the protocol. And then you've got people in Africa who are treating thousands of people and none of them die. And then you have India and they, you know, in the busiest state that squashes COVID within weeks by giving ivermectin and doxycycline and vitamins to everyone. You have all of this data all over the world and we all of a sudden, oh, well, it's not a randomized controlled trial that's bought out by big pharma, so I'm not going to trust that. Why? How did we practice medicine, you know, since Hippocrates? Well, I mean, you had America, U.S. had exponentially more deaths than any other country from what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. But look at the, yeah. you know, the, the number of vaccines, too. I mean, it, it's it's mind-blowing. Yeah, would... so the more masks, the more death. The more vaccines, the more death. You could actually see in, like, socialist Europe, which was great, a uh, way to, like, we know everyone who's done stuff and we got, because we're all on socialized medicine. So where you would see, like, 60 to 70% vaccine rates, you would see overall mortality up by, like, 15% in the beginning. And that was the only way to get clean data. Look at the overall mortality, because they're going to call all, the, like, my my one of my, a, a good family member of ours whose uh, buddy is a paramedic they bring in this poor kid who's had a decapitated accident motor vehicle accident they bring him into the er they check his nose of his decapitated head oh it's COVID death oh come you know, on I mean, are no, you serious are so we, yes, we've, we've heard of so many people that died <laughs> i mean i've heard of so many motorcycle yeah. deaths i mean yeah, uh, car yeah, wrecks yeah. so you're telling me but this kid do you was know de- why it is they get paid you for it 
a hospital an incentive for a COVID death and a COVID case, they're going to find them. Well, I heard early on, you, you know, can't they, the money. they get, I heard early on, they get, they get compensated for the, te the tests, then they get compensated for the positive tests and they get compensated for the admissions and they get compensated for vents and they get compensated for deaths. Is that right? Yes. And schools, why do schools push these things when exactly. all the parents are saying no? They get compensated. Okay, money and truth do not abide well together. I, I'm going to steal that on a shirt. Can I put that on a shirt? Yeah. Do I have to give you credit? No, I, okay. I, I <laughs> the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons <laughs> newsletter. <laughs> I stole it from somebody um, unknown. I just say unknown because <laughs> I don't see, know who the author is. And I wish there would be a time where we see this circle back and uh, these administrators and hospitals oh. get held responsible for murder or, at a minimum, falsifying records. Mm -hmm. You know, so... so the clotting that you've been seeing or, or have been hearing about and seeing, that's not just the only issue. I know in our pre-call you talked about some of the uh, the cancers that are starting to be more frequent and maybe a little bit more unique. It's just kind of a trend. You can't pinpoint it, but it's kind of a trend. Well, we have seen that the vaccines uh, affect immune systems and, you know, the side effects are dose dependent. We're seeing that the more doses people are getting, which is kind of like why, mm -hmm. you know, you get these boosters start going and now we're seeing all the SADS events, you know, the sudden adult death syndrome and 26-year-olds, uh, 32-year-olds, 34-year-olds, you know, first day on the job diving, getting golf balls out of the pond or, you know, anyone who's got any bit of exertion, uh, athletes, you know, over 1,100, I don't know if I'm going to quote the number right, 1174 athlete cardiac arrest, 779 dad, dead, all related to the COVID shots. All these kiddos and how are parents going to feel and this elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about because there's this guilt too. Like I bought into it or I made my family member buy into it or I made my kid do it or the doctors have the guilt because, you know, like there's probably a lot of guilt that's keeping a lot of people from that moral courage as well. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. How many young people, I'm going to say 18 to 30, what percent increase have you seen or heard about with effects from that age group than four or five years ago? Uh, well, you don't really hear about those things except for the, you know, really rare zebras when they're young and healthy, unless they've got some funky thing going on. You know, if they've got Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, ulcerative colitis, it'll increase the risk of clots or something like that. And, and you would certainly see cancer in these ages, testicular cancer in young men. But um, to have so many, I mean, you look anywhere and some young person has died, some famous person has died, some, you know, these things that shouldn't be happening. Like we didn't get these headlines before and we didn't see all these clots before in young, healthy patients. Otherwise, I, I certainly didn't. I certainly didn't. Well, the, uh, not only is it concerning, but I think the thing that is as or more concerning is the fact that people, most people, majority of Americans, they don't even want to consider it could be caused from this. I think they just think it's yeah. it's it's just uh, a routine death and just uh, it just happened and you know well, let's go on. Your doctors tell them, you know, and if they don't even mention the elephant in the room, the patient doesn't really want to. Right. Yeah. Mm -mm. And I and I know I'm probably asking a question to the wrong wrong doctor, but the myocarditis. I know you're you don't deal with that, so you're probably not seeing much in that. But what can you tell us about that? 
and what you're so seeing trending. They even, one of Fauci's guys even came out and said, if you're under 40, your risk of myocarditis is probably greater from the vaccine than the infection. Um, and it, even Peter McCullough, who's like totally on top of all that stuff, he's awesome. I believe that he even said that, you know, the natural infected, unvaccinated people aren't, uh, it's not near and I don't even said if it's not even increased, but it's not near like the vaccinated folks who are getting the myocarditis. And here you have McCullough, one of the most well-known, well-published cardiologists Cardiologist. in the history of well, America. He's, he's probably, yeah, he's probably the most published doctor yeah. in America. I think he yeah. had like over 600 papers yeah. or something, but I mean, yeah. they're just vilifying this poor man. And here he is at the top of his game, but yet, you know, Americans, because they're getting so, you know, bought into what they hear on the media and calling him a, you know, but he fake. Is, he is, he's so humble and he's so professional. Oh. He's really a great saint for our day. I mean, God made him for this moment. And Absolutely. He's, he's, he's fulfilling God's will. I, I, I agree with you 100% on that. So kind of jumping around here, back to blood clots. And this is just a theoretical question. If we're seeing more illnesses and deaths going up as they get boosted. I'm wondering about what we're seeing, and you probably don't have this data, but in Israel, they were the, one of the most highest vaccinated uh, countries. The higher the vaccinated, the higher the mortality. I would like to see, I'd like to know if, there, if that involved clotting issues. Oh, well, that's definitely a part. So if you're gonna die, of natural causes when you're 26, uh, you know, clots in your head that made you die or clots in your heart that made you die or clots elsewhere. But I mean, that's a big part of sudden death. Of course, that's a big part of sudden death. Right. I mean, I know Are somebody you? very, very well, very, very, very well, who I'm very, 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 very close to. <laughs> I can't say the person's name or, or how I'm related to them, but this person says that they have seen more aneurysms, strokes, and heart attacks in young people in their department working at a local hospital than they've ever seen in decades. Yep. And I just find that ironic. And I'm talking, you know, 18 to 40, which you don't and normally now, see that. And now less than 18. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a what, shame. Yeah, it's what they're shoving in them. Unbelievable. And, and, and what's even worse is uh, this stuff is be becoming obvious to so many people who, you know, were initially bought into the, the narrative. But the ones at the top are pushing it further. Like they're digging their holes. I can't help but think, I, you know, I've heard of you know, Dante or uh, Faustina, one of our saints, her guardian angel took her to hell. There's seven layers of hell and there's separate pits, pits of torture beneath that, depending upon your sins you committed in your life. And I'm like, what pit of torture is being prepared for Pfizer? You know, and oh my God. I don't really, think there is one. Yeah. <laughs> Yet. And, you know, it, may they beg for mercy. God has mercy for everyone. May they beg for it. But I, I really just, all that I'm thinking is, you know, I'm like, I wish, I wish Fauci would be given this beautiful blessing to see the pit in hell being prepared for him so that he could convert and he could tell people, okay, I was wrong. Let's all, let's all, let's all just follow the truth. Now let's, let, there is a truth. Let's find it. But, but for them to double down and to go further and further and further, there are some people who really forgive them, Father, they know not what they do, may not know what they do, but there's a lot who know what they do. Absolutely. And they're doubling down. Yeah. So do you think, Dr. Harris, that this is just going to keep on going, this whole COVID narrative? Do you think they're going to keep just... going to get worse before it gets worse. Oh, yeah, in, in, in the fall, <laughs> supposedly. But do you think they're going to keep beating this drum? Or do you think they're going to start beating a new drum? Or what, what do you see on the horizon as a, as a medical professional? Uh, so it's, they're not going down with, I mean, there's so much pride. They're not going down, unless there's humility. I don't see it changing. 
and until you get enough people, well, you got you got a few people of us in the control group who who did get a vaccine. Uh, you know, I I don't I. I see a lot of things changing. There's definitely like this parallel medical stuff going on that a lot of people don't know about that is like super mm-hmm. hopeful and oh. it's great to be a fly on the wall seeing this. We this love that. Yep. I love yeah. the parallel oh, medical. I know, I do too. It's and, great. and that's coming out, but it's it's right now building roots. So you don't see it bearing fruit yet. It's right now bearing roots. And how long will that take? And is it gonna be that we just need another administration in the government? Um, I don't know what it's gonna take and I don't know when, and I don't need to know those things, but it's not yet. So you've got the the, the parallel uh, medical societies, but the one that we're exiting from is socialist medicine, uh, government-controlled medicine. The way I see it, um, the problem with right now in the in government the, and big pharma controlled. Yeah, mm-hmm. until we break down big pharma, who yeah, big also, pharma really, yeah, yeah. I mean, and they've got they're blackmailing people, and I mean, there there's death machine involved with that, but. I guess what I'm getting at is when you've got the parallel society, you've got this other more, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, the medicine, that freedom medicine, freedom medical. It's There's insurance implications. A lot of that insurance isn't going to cover. Right. Well, let's, let's kind of, let's pull this back a little more. Talk a little bit, because I know a lot of our viewers and listeners, you know, a lot of them are new to all this stuff. Talk, you know, when I've talked to people sometime about this, they're like, what do you mean parallel? What are you mm-hmm. talking about? So talk to us about parallel medicine from a medical professional side. Sure. Um, and like Dr. Richard Amerlin, uh, he's got some stuff going and I forget even, I haven't kept up with everything, but I know he's got something going somewhere and they got docs with him. Um, that basically, uh, so when you don't, there's a lot of people who, there was like concierge, I say it wrong and my husband makes fun of me, however you say that word. Concierge. Yeah, a boutique medicine. You know, where people <laughs> Concierge. Yeah, and they'd pay cash. But you've got other people who don't take insurance, but they'll do primary care. You know, we've got a great group in Shawnee, Kansas, Gianna Care, they do a great group where, uh, but oftentimes they can work with your insurance companies to get stuff reimbursed. But you see a lot more of those coming out where it's, good. you know, we just want to give you good care. We're not going to take insurance because, you know, kind of like the parochial schools that don't want the government telling them how to manage their exactly. schools. Exactly. You know, because we don't want them telling us how to do things um, or just because this works out for us and we don't want to be bought by anyone. So there are some of those around, but you just need to see more of us get together uh, and join where you don't have all the competition of like, you know, we've got three big hospitals in Kansas City and you, um, you know, whether it's St. Luke's or KU or Advent to where it's so hard for anyone else to be able to get in there because they're not going to get the referral. So you just need people need to band together of, of the parallel society. And again, Again, there's stuff building roots. We just don't have enough of us gathered together yet. But it's gaining momentum. I mean, my wife and yeah. I jumped, my wife yeah. and I and our family jumped off the traditional health insurance bandwagon years ago. And the yeah. first year we did it, I think it was 2018, we were scared to death, you know, jumping ship off of Blue Cross. We're like, oh man, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. And, you know, we'd sold our company and they're like, uh, well, your premium is now going to be like 2100 a month. We're like, yeah. oh man. I, should we pay it? Should we not pay it? And then we found an alternative. Christian Healthcare Ministries is who we go through. And so we started with them. And, you know, we were skeptical for the first three, four, five months. And then, you know, you have a an issue or you have to go to a doctor or whatever. And we're like, okay, how's this going to play out? Or, or are we going to be having to sell our kid to pay for it? <laughs> I'm telling you what, getting out of the, not only the pharma, big pharma world, but getting out of the big insurance industry world, 
you talk about a, a weight lifted off your shoulders. I mean, yeah. we go to the doctor now, we're like, uh, they're like, oh, can we have your insurance card? I'm like, I'm self-pay. And they kind of look at you like you have three heads. And I'm like, uh, we're fine. you only pay $35. But what I'm digging in my, what I'm digging in my wallet, I'm saying, oh, by the way, I'm paying in full today. What's my cash discount? They're like, yeah. oh, well, we'll give you 30, 40% today. I'm like, sign me up. I'll take it. Yeah. And pr- procedures. I mean, you know, I've had one or two procedures since then. You pay cash before you go in, you walk out and it's like, Man, that's a fraction of what I would have paid, even if I right. were to pay my premiums, and even if I were to pay my eighty twenty copay. Yeah, right. I mean, it's mind blowing. And again, most people, they're so bought into insurance and health insurance, just like they're bought into the media, just like they're bought into big pharma, they have no idea that there's another world out there. Right. But there is another world out there, and a parallel mm-hmm. medical system's coming. Right. Faster than we think. Yeah. So. What? In the older people, I mean, I know a lot of it affected a lot of older people and a lot of people that were, you know, had had health issues. And do you think a lot of this, Dr. Harris, was do you think their deaths would have been attributed to their age or their health conditions or more that the fact that it was vaccine related? Uh, So a lot of people are afraid to say that things are vaccine related. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a lot of deaths that were vaccine related are not recorded. And a lot of people um, are easily influenced to say that things were related to COVID, even if it was something that was just, they, you know, like many men don't die from prostate cancer. They die with prostate cancer because right. it often starts when they're 29, you know, or younger. Uh, so if someone died with COVID, uh, even if it may have been a false positive and they didn't really have any symptoms, it'd be much easier to put that if we're going to get a financial incentive, you know, and, and you could have a lot of people say, well, I wouldn't do that yet. It just easily kind of slides in there. Hey guys, you know, if that's on there, let's put that on there. So there are so many ways that, um, it hasn't, we haven't had um, truth in medicine. We haven't had truth. So we're not going to get truth by looking at all these things. And really the best truth we've gotten so far is looking at overall mortality. All right. Well, that, the other thing, that won't lie. the other thing too, is that it's, there's no medical code for a, a vaccine related, related death, right? Yeah. Uh, I have, I haven't tried, so I don't sign death records, but I have, <laughs> I've definitely said things were, because oftentimes it would be the hospitalist or whoever was there. Um, but yeah, I, I think that they've been very limited on those things to, to um, dis- dissuade people from doing that. Sure. Well, you know, the act that Congress passed back in 1986 that exempl- exemplified uh, all vaccine manufacturers from, uh, you know, lawsuits and... and uh, if, if they are approved for children. So why do you think they really wanted to get this approved for children? Right. Well, and in, in, in verify if, if you know this or not. I did hear that there is a stipulation that these these uh, pharmaceutical companies can be held responsible if they find out there's fraud. But they can also use the argument like they did, yeah, but if the government was in on it, that was their legal defense so when, they, when, when they were actually asked about fraud. So then they're like fighting each other in the uh, end. Well, they're just like, well, the government was in on it, so yeah. Okay, yeah. But then they're starting to eat their own like the yeah. media is now. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. So talk to yeah. us a little bit about... Um, how this got pushed through so fast where it wasn't actually approved, but they wanted to use EUA, emergency use authorization. Talk to us a little bit about that. I think they just got everybody bought out to do it well. And then you had, um, you know, there's there's all of these things with great data to say how this was a bioweapon and it was made in some lab in the Wuhan, you know, and it got released and, you know, who knows if it was supposed to be a vaccine. You know, we don't know all of the details, but we know that it was produced. 
um, and it was made and people kind of knew these World Economic Forum type, you know, globalists that this might happen at this point in time in society. And, and so there are so many backstories, but uh, when you have Fauci uh, helping be in charge of a lot of this stuff and, and being the one guy that's allowed to speak during all of this, you know, he's, he's our point man. Why are you surprised? Well, you said something right there, World Economic Forum and globalists. You would not believe how many people my wife and I go out with, conservatives, Republicans, Christian people, church going, non-church going, and they're like, hey, I've been listening to some of your stuff, and you know, I'm, I'm like, well, what, what do you think about all, what, what do you think about the World Economic Forum and, and Klaus Schwab and stuff? And they're like, well, what are you talking about? What? I said, I said well, what about all the stuff going on in Davos? and, and you know, globalists and stuff, and they look at me like, like I'm speaking Spanish, <laughs> and I'm, they have no idea what I'm talking about, none. And to me, that that is one of the most concerning, you know, scary things that, you know, smart conservative people who are you know sharp, but they have no idea what you're talking about. Would you agree with that or not? Uh, yeah, but you know uh, these. WEF globalists don't really want you to know what mm. you're talking about. No. It's just So they're, they're doing their thing. And the, the and devil it, is black. He's active. And they're like, "But you're you're kind of weird, man. You're kind of out there. You're kind of you're a conspiracy theorist." <laughs> no, I said, I said "Okay, no, every no, Yeah, what's the difference between a conspiracy and truth 6 months?" Yeah, no exactly. I'm like, "Pretty much everything I've said since March of 2020, I've been right on track." And I'm like, "You know what? And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be proud of that, and you can unfriend me on on Facebook when you watch this yeah, video, people. Yeah. But anyway, I, I, th this is crazy. Yep. Well, the the whole blood clot issue, I think you're going to find out that, that there's more. You're gonna you're probably going to see more. Uh, yes. I'm just anxious to see in the next say two or three years what really comes out of this. It is almost when you know. Hopefully, we'll be able to show some pictures on some of our other shows. But when they start showing those blood clots come out, it just doesn't look normal. Right. And, you know, and I'm not an embalmer, but that just doesn't look normal. And uh, are you familiar with who uh, Mike Adams is? Uh, no. Oh, Randy, you're a conspiracy. Oh. Come on, man. You're a freak. You're a freak. Uh, That's freaky. I'm not for sure what his title is. He's got a podcast, but he's some sort of researcher or pathologist or something like that. They took some of that fiber, whatever you call it, fiber, the, the uh, white stuff. Stuff. And <laughs> he cut it up and put it under a microscope. Yeah. And it was very interesting. He said it looked like that was generated, and maybe it's normal that that stuff was generated from the clot itself, not the clot from that. Is, oh. there, is there a connection? I don't know. I wouldn't be able to tell you, but okay. I can tell you this. They're diffuse and they're uh, large and they're unusual and they're not what we're used to. So who knows exactly the whole entire pathophysiology. All right. The creepy thing is it, it starts growing arms off of it. Like it's got, you yeah. know, it's, it's getting larger and traveling up the veins. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre. So I think we're going to see more. I hope we see some clarity on if, if it yeah. ever comes out. I don't know. So yeah. if, if you were have a crystal ball, what do you predict we're going to see in the next three to five years that is going to be happening well, in the medical field with, with people? I would like to see this parallel society gaining momentum. I would like to see more of, of the little guys be able to get access to truth. 
Mm -hmm. I would like to be able to see more of doctors have moral courage to be able to seek out the truth and realize that all these things that I'm being given in my headlines today, they're, they're, they're trying to hide from me all this other information. And maybe it would be okay to look into that. Uh, what I would love to see is anyone in this big old meta narrative willing to debate one doctor, you know, uh, who Steve Kirsch is like, I'll give you $2 million, you know, you name your price. No one, they all wave the hand, misinformation, you know, and oh, that's not what we do. That's not really how we practice things. Nobody, nobody will debate anyone about, do you think the vaccines are safe or not? You know, tell me about uh, ivermectin. They all sit on their side and say what they want. And I mean, that in and of itself is everything you need to know. Well, speaking of debates, uh, uh, we got the our brains are thinking together. Our, our local, yeah. our local medical group that we work with. Don't use the name of the uh, hospital. <laughs> our local medical group we work with hosted the KC COVID Summit or something like that. Early treatment summit. Yeah, back early in January, February of this year. Six prominent doctors came in. McCullough was one of them. McCullough. Pierre Corey wasn't Pierre here. Corey. She knows. Yeah, you know. Yep. And over on this side, there were supposed to be six prominent doctors from a prominent uh, hospital. Jayhawk Doss oh. Hospital. <laughs> Jay I didn't say the name of the no, hospital. No, you didn't. A, a you prominent didn't. Jayhawk Hospital. And ironically, zero, none, nada, not one of those doctors showed up to debate any of these other doctors that are on the forefront of this. So do you find that ironic? Well, I emailed one of those six doctors because I came from that institute said institution and i said hey like this stuff is like eternally weighing in the balance and you have the chance to come and speak you could be the first one please come but uh crickets all so, i hear is crickets. so why why is it is it money is it career is it backlash well, okay so i don't want to say what is in their head but i can tell you what easy things that can get them fear being made fun of being ridiculed being ousted you know being the crazy one when i had uh so i had already resigned from said institution had um mentioned when i had heard that you know there were 15 very sick patients that had died because there was nothing to give them and i said ivermectin and uh essentially at that moment on, my name was sent up to like everybody and their dog and their friends, including one of those said in individuals saying, this is dangerous, you know, cause I included some frontline docs stuff on there. And I was like, hey, I know how to get ivermectin if anyone needs it for their family member or something. I got some, you know, an in, you are welcome to call me. And all I got was, you know, this is dangerous, this is crazy. And not one single person from that moment on um, one, there was one person who gave me support. There was not one single person lateral or above me that said goodbye. I walked out the door very quietly and my, and my people in my little group that I had my, you know, my little spot were very supportive of me, but I was really disheartened that, um, that's, that's how it ended. You know, when you spend six years at an institution and really do your best and give them, you know, give them everything that you can to do a really good job. Um, but for part of that, the lack of moral courage really um, was disheartening. I kind of, I, I didn't expect more, but I wanted more. But why is it? Uh, well, look, we're here today. Look anywhere. Well, and, and we go back to that. They released some videos that were kind of condescending of Pierre Corey and and you know we're not into this we're into saving lives and bottom line that sounded like a small child we're that, into science yeah we're into science 
I also heard it was like the worst PR event for them. At it all was pitiful. <laughs> so, it and was I, pitiful. And I was glad I wasn't there because I wasn't giving any like bad energy to them. I'm like, I just left quietly. I forgave them and I'm on my way. Well, the issue too is it's like, it's like uh, Pierre Corey brought up. We, they were prepared or our people were prepared to provide documentation and studies of how this stuff, early treatment works. They're pretty sure they don't have that. I know. They don't, they can't back up well, what they're doing. So why would you not debate? Cause I, you're not going to win. <laughs> so, yep. so if your doctor, of your colleagues at that said institution, what percent of people at that entire hospital would you say were like you or on your side? It's hard to say because people were afraid to talk. Uh, that's what I figured. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. So I would mention things and, you know, crickets. It's, and so I would stop mentioning <laughs> things. And you, know, and you don't want people to think you're judgmental. I mean, because I clearly was not vaccinated. And I, you know, clearly took ivermectin when I had Delta and worked from home for 10 days and didn't cancel a patient, you know. But yeah, people are, uh, it got to where, it, it, and, and I heard this from other people too, and from other institutions too, people are afraid to talk. They're afraid to mm, say anything. And, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of in this, you know, stifling, which is why I feel so free the day I walked out of there. I, I have so much freedom. But, um, and I and I love this freedom that God gave me. God wants, he made us to be free. But um, they're not free to talk. People aren't free to speak. I think God made us for this time. This is, I mean, I've had more fun he in the last- He made you and he made you. There's I, a reason that we were made in this time. I've had more fun in the last two years than I've had in 30 years. I mean, this yeah. is, I, I mean, I've lost a lot of friends and family, <laughs> but I'm like, hey, I've gained like 27 times more. And I'm like, that's fine. I don't care. I mean, I still yeah. would go out to dinner with them. I have no no hard feelings about anybody. Right, but right, that's the thing. We have no hard feel. Like I have Absolutely. no hard feelings. No. I, I just I just wish that you would be converted and live freely. You know, so that you didn't <laughs> the truth. there is it. Find it. You know, don't be afraid of it. You know, we we unfortunately yeah. knew about 15 to 17 people that died with COVID because I'm not going to say of COVID because I think it was. Yeah. You know, and. I look back at the right, and it's that, and it's not to be just you know no. thrown away and, and waved away. It's a big thing, but it's also a bioweapon that our bodies aren't made for. But you you cannot believe the people that we knew that died, that we had conversations with either them or their family members, and said, "Look into this. Contact this doctor, this medical professional. Please do it right now." And they waited, and they waited, and they went into the hospital. And right. it was just it like was the door shut behind them, and they they ended up in the morgue. And right. it's like so. And, so and on many. the flip side of that, I can't even tell you how many people that you know we guided down the right path to get the right, right stuff. Not one, not one, ever went in even into the hospital. Right. Everyone right. of them's alive, but not one even got admitted. So yeah, I'm like early, early treatment works. It's great. There's so much data, uh, and you can't be afraid to use it. But many yep. people are. Yep. I agree. Yep. Well, man, this has been fantastic. I, I mean, we've had a lot of episodes, a lot of guests on in education and, and you know, uh, you know, election stuff. But this has gone. This has been a deep dive into the medical side. I think this is phenomenal. Yeah. I love the Parallel Society. Well, a I, lot of a lot of the podcasts out there, the the, the larger podcasts, are, are getting the big names like the Dr. McCullough's and things like that. But we felt like people are seeing that but they also need to see kind of the grassroots that this isn't theatrical this is happening at the ground floor so that we appreciate you coming on we're midwest well, we're farm we're, yeah. we're, we're two farm boys from the midwest and i think you're a you're a, a girl I'm, from the midwest i'm pretending to be a farm girl i got yeah. 40 acres okay <laughs> all right yeah. Yeah. do you have chickens 
Not yet, but we're going to build our coop. Well, that's, okay. that's good. Well, I, yeah. Dr. Harris, Dr. Penelope Harris, hematologist on college, we thank you for joining us today on this show. You've brought a lot of for, a lot of knowledge to the forefront and, and, and given our audience a, a great uh, education in all this with, with all this stuff with COVID yep, and, appreciate the, it. and the vaccines and the blood clots. So we appreciate your help. Appreciate what you shared with us today. So thank you very much. God bless you and keep doing what you're doing and sharing truth. Thank you. See you later. All right. Take care. This was uh, this was over the top good, was it not? Yeah, this is exactly what we were wanting to hear. She's sharp. I tell you what, I uh, I didn't know what to expect because I really didn't, uh, you know, I didn't know how deep a hematologist or an oncologist would go into this. But right. I, I just think she was uh, she pulled back the curtain, no holes barred. But you can tell somebody that 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 knows and speaks truth versus those that are bought out and bought into big pharma and yep. big medicine and. It, it's totally encouraging to see a physician that left an organization to get into a smaller practice where they can do what they went to school for. I, I agree. I mean, it's 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 mind blowing. I just wish more would step out in in, in faith and do what she's doing. Yep. I mean, this is phenomenal. So yep. anyway. Guys, thank you for joining us again today on another great episode of Patriots with Grit, where we bring you truth bombs and guidance from conservative leaders and entrepreneurs. Join us again for the next episode. I'm Rand- I'm Darren. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm not. Darren. This is Randy. <laughs> we'll see you on the next show. Take care. See ya. Thanks for joining us today and realizing this is the best time in history to be alive. It's people like you that keep America on track. So please let your friends know about Patriots with Grit. The more you help us grow, the more we'll continue delivering truth bombs and guidance from conservative leaders and entrepreneurs. Right now, head over to PatriotsWithGrit.com and drop us your name and email and you'll get immediate access to your free ebook valued at $27 titled How Patriots, Conservatives, and Small Business Entrepreneurs Just Like You Will Save America. Plus, you will be the first to know when we release new episodes and content. Also, make sure you subscribe and share this episode on social media. Now, go out there, hear truth, be bold, and live free.